Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to another edition of Socks Degrees. He's Len Casper. I'm Jason Benetti, and this is our guest, Jake Berger. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Uh, good. My first question for you, and we're going to dive right in because we right. do that here on the podcast. Uh, so you know how when batters walk up to the plate, people say things like, first round pick, Jake Berger, or Missouri State alum, Jake Berger, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Your closest friends from back home, whoever your closest friends are, what would they say? Blank Jake Berger. <laughs> they, they call me El Jefe, the boss. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of their, uh, their, their nickname for me. Um, but, you know, I, they, I don't know when they made that, but um, uh, it's probably in college sometime and, um, you know, trying to get the boys going one game and uh, they just start calling me El Jefe after that. But, uh, that or Burgatron, um, that was actually made by Calvin Munson, who's in the NFL now. Um, I played with him when I was 12 or 13, um, and he's like, you know what would be a sick Twitter handle? Be Burgatron, and it stuck. So um, one of those two would probably be the two that they would call me. What is your greatest skill to those friends outside of sports? Oh, greatest skill. Well, not responding to texts is a big skill of mine. I, I'm not I'm not a great responder, so that's what they would say. Um, no. You're the boss. You have to respond. I so yeah. I mean, I I always get back to them. It's just you know sometimes it's a few days late. Um, but no, they probably my FIFA skills. Really? Um, yeah, I'm I'm next level FIFA player. Um, Jimmy Lambert knows all about it. You know, I school him occasionally, so. You worked him over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's probably what they know me for. <laughs> so I remember, I distinct, it's funny you bring that up, because I distinctly remember when you got drafted, you came up to the booth and your family was here. Mm-hmm. And we had a fairly decent, long conversation about how competitive your family was. Oh, yeah. Growing up. Mm-hmm. How competitive was your family? <laughs> so we actually bought a ping pong table, a table tennis table um just because there was too many competitive juices flowing in the house that we had to get them out um so it would be me and my mom versus my dad and sister and doubles after dinner like every single day and uh, we kept a tally and everything of, of who won um i don't the tally got lost i'd like to say me and my mom won um but we'll got see. lost yeah did somebody rip it up or did it actually get lost i 
I want to say my sister went in there and kind of uh, erased the chalkboard. So, yeah, that's that's the conspiracy in the house. Um, you know, it could have been the cat, could have been anything. You know, I, I don't know. But um, the the top conspiracy right now is my sister went in there and uh, erased the tally. So, so all evidence is lost. Len, this is our first Sox Degrees house conspiracy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do a podcast on this, like a serial <laughs> podcast. A serial. Everybody this. in the family and yeah. have their version of the story. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to El Jefe. Do, do your current teammates know this story, and would they call you that if they found out? No, they call me. Um, they call me the sheriff. Um, uh, Sheets came up with that one. Um, you know, when when it gets hot outside, it's sunny. I wear my aviators. I kind of look like a sheriff. So, um, and I walk around like a sheriff. I guess I don't know. Um, so that's that's kind of the nickname uh, in, the, in the clubhouse. So this is fascinating. So your older friends, you're the boss. Your new your new teammates, you're the sheriff. So there's a connection there somewhere. Yeah, so what does that what does that say about you? I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm stern. I don't know. <laughs> I care too much. You know. <laughs> How do you walk that you walk like a sheriff? I don't know. Chest popped out. You know, kind of all confident. I don't know. I, you know, you'd have to bring sheets in and, uh, you know, get the full story there. Well, I will say this. I do think the way you carry yourself, there's a little mystery there. And I think that's a good thing. And it's probably because you're thoughtful, but have you ever had teammates kind of like try to get in there and go, Hey, what's going on in there? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, they, they, they rip me for, you know, I, I'm like constantly moving during the national anthem and, um, you know, like I can't sit still ever, you know, that, that type of stuff. And they're always kind of like questioning, Hey, like, Hey, just take it easy. Like calm down. And I'm like, no, this is just me. I'm just high energy, like going all the time. Like that's just who I am. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. There's, I like the mystery in there, um, and they they try and get inside the the head occasionally, but uh, you know it's it's a mystery for a reason. All right, so let's talk about the energy. Uh, you often hear the term at the big league level. He, you know, he's a duck on water. He looks calm at the top, but the feet are moving below the surface. Has the game slowed down for you? They say that it does as time goes on. And did it feel really fast last year? Yeah, yeah. Last year it definitely felt fast, and um, you know it was it was more of those like. I cannot believe I'm even here, you know, after everything that's, that's happened. Um, and you know, that a lot of at bats, I felt very comfortable last year. Um, and then like some of them, I just felt overmatched or, or sped up. Um, this year it's just kind of, I feel calm. I feel collected. I, I feel like my routine in place is, is really, really strong. Uh, I'm getting to work with Frank every day and, uh, kind of honing in some mechanical stuff and some approach stuff. Um, I just feel, like I belong, and that's kind of how um, I, I go about it. And um, yeah, very, very calm. But um, I think I also understand how much work it takes. Um, last year, I didn't do as much scouting and stuff like that. Where this year, I've I really put an emphasis on like scouting on my own and like bringing it to Frank. And hey, this is this is what I'm going to hunt today. Like, and kind of get him to sign off on it. You know, um, so that's kind of how I've taken it this year. A lot more focus on that. There's always a kind of a visceral big league moment that guys kind of remember, um, whether it's just seeing the uniform hanging in the locker or, you know, you were around teammates in spring training, but it's different here, right? What was your big league moment where you're like, wow, I'm really here? Um, I would say probably the Astros series last year. Um, you know, it was good crowds every single night. Like it, it just felt like playoff baseball, um, in a sense. And so, 
that was just unbelievable. And you just kind of like take it all in. Um, I talked to Joe McEwing all the time, obviously. And um, he's like, dude, just like kind of sometimes just take a step back and just kind of look throughout the stadium and just like see where you're at. Um, so that and then um, I would say the other moment was uh, my buddies were watching and they're like big Shohei Otani fans. And um, Otani like gave me a, a butt slap and said hey to me. And I'm like, dude, that's <laughs> one of the greatest players probably of all time that's, you know, saying what's up to me. Like, that's that's crazy. So that was another moment for me. So you got a bunch of texts from friends like, you know, Otani? Yeah. Like that's you, sweet. Yeah. Hey, can you get my autograph, get him, get his autograph for me? I'm like, guys, like, I'm playing against them. Like, I, I'm not going to like, hey, can you sign a ball right now? <laughs> no, but that was a week later you texted that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's the. <laughs> so let's get into texting here. So like, there's always this assumption that you have to respond, but if you don't respond within a day, you, then now you start to feel bad. And then you're like, well, it's two days or three days. You're like, well, four days isn't going to really matter because it's already past that point of no return. But texting gets a little funky, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. The, uh, you know, I, I respond uh, to my family on time. So, you know, <laughs> that's all I'm worried about. And uh, I think my friends expect, like, hey, like, he'll respond when he's, like, looking at his phone. But, like, if you send me a text and I'm doing something, you know me, like, I'm always on the go, like, mentally. So I'm just... Uh, like I, I'll respond when I get to it. <laughs> when when did you know that you were always on the go mentally? Like when was that for you? Um, I would say before the injury I was, and then I think when I had the injury, like I kind of slowed down and I really didn't like it at all. Um, and then I kind of got back into that flow state of constantly like knowing where I'm going to be at, constantly like doing stuff every hour. Um, and that, that kind of changed um, around, I want to say, like May or June of 2020. Um, and that's when I was playing tennis every day, biking, swimming, walking. Um, and I, I kind of like found joy in the fact that I'm like constantly mentally getting challenged, both competitively and intellectually. So um, that's kind of when I, I'm like, OK, this is just like who I am, you know, and I, I constantly need to keep that up. How much did you feel like you lost who you were? <clears throat> a lot, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you lose a sense of just, just like, control, you know? Um, and that, that's kind of where I was at, um, especially in 2019. Because um, 2018, you know, it's like I'm still building up to the 2019 season. Maybe I'll get back and stuff. You know, there, there's kind of an end goal. And then... I get in a game in 2019 and kind of have that, that heel thing too um, and basically get shut down for the rest of the season. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I don't know when I'm going to come back. And um, so you lose part of your career, um, yourself and your career. Um, and then also at home, it's like, I like being active. I like going outside and hiking or going on walks and, and doing stuff that I did growing up with my family that I can't do anymore. And now it's like, okay, I only rely on video games now. And that's like, not saying video games are, are terrible, but like they're, they're best in doses, you know? And um, that's kind of when you, when you lose yourself, you're just kind of putting yourself in one, one basket instead of like a multiple multitude of baskets. Jason, we should probably take a step back for those listening who are not 
totally familiar with your story. You were supposed to be a major part of the group coming. And I remember, um, it might have been the second Achilles, but one of the injuries, it was just this devastating story in White Sox Nation. Uh, you know, it was around the time that the uh, Kopech and, you know, uh, Ryan Burr, Tommy John. I mean, so all these guys kind of uh, get injured at the same time. And uh, now getting here, going through that, can you put yourself in the place of never having to go through the foot injuries? Are, are, are you going to be a better player because of that? Because of having to go through all that stuff? 100%. Yeah. The, uh, it, it changed my mentality. Um, it changed how I, I needed to handle myself off the field. Um, you know, I think before the injury, I was probably still stuck in college a little bit. Um, you know, uh, not, as, not as mature um, and, and doing stuff that maybe isn't best for my career. Um, also on the field, you know, you, you're not diving into the analytics and, and the, the stuff you have to do off the field to help you on the field. Um, and, you know, I, I look at it as like, I'm blessed with a second chance. Um, and that's kind of how I'm taking it. It's like, I'm gonna do everything I can that uh, I won't regret it. And that's what my parents told me, like, don't regret anything you do in this life, whether it's quitting or um, staying with it, you know, like, do everything 100%, and um, you know if you if you live without regrets later in life, like you're gonna be happier for it. You have to always work on it. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's one of those things that I'm gonna deal with forever. Um, you know, I, I think last year I had some um, different like anxiety attacks in season that you know I you you always have to stay on top of, um, and so. Uh, for me, it's the, those five burger bombs that I kind of released this off season um, that, that keep me uh, grounded, um, especially meditation has kept me grounded, especially with the adrenaline up here. Um, you know, you, you always have to make sure your, your mental health is on, on top of things. Um, you know, that's, that's the most important. So, um, you know, you're, you're always going to have to uh, keep going with it. So um, that's, that's the advice I'll give for it. Where do you think we are in this game with mental health? Um, I, th I think we need to do better. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, we, we're getting there. Um, you know, adding mental skills coaches and, and um, psychologists to, to the team um, that you can kind of co constantly have interactions with them. But um, overall, you know, it's especially this game, um, you know, you're playing every single day. Um, so it's tough to, to be in a good mental state when you can't really take a step back from the game and um, without missing games, you know? So um, I, I think we're getting there. Um, I, I also think that there's a lot, lot more we can do, um, both from talking about it and um, how we interact with fans and um, just kind of how we interact with each other. I think that um, that, that can get a lot better. How? Um, I would say, especially like, this is something that is tough because we all have social media. Um, I, I think social media is probably a bad thing for professional athletes. Um, it's good to grow, grow your brand and um, talk about stuff that really matters to you, but you also have a lot of people out there that, that sports bet and um, you know do stuff um, and, and put money on games and stuff, and you're getting DMs that are uh, not, not so friendly. Um, and you know, I've already seen that a little bit this year, and um, there's not a person in that locker room that hasn't seen it, you know? And so um, I think people need to understand that we are people. Um, you know, we're good at a sport, but that, that doesn't mean we're not people. 
Wow, isn't that true? Yeah, you almost become an avatar. Mm -hmm. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So, why do you stay on social media? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you're I, good at it, by the way. That's one reason, yeah. and, and it is good for the brand and for the White Sox. But have you thought about just saying, "Eh, enough of this"? Yeah. So, I think I stay for the 95% that are good and positive messages. Um, you know that when I kind of talked about my story um, in, in 2020, in March 2020, uh, the, the outpouring of support and people that were dealing with uh, similar mental mental battles um, was incredible. And it's like, I'm, I'm okay dealing with the 5% if I can help the 95% um, and have fun interactions with the 95%. Um, and that's kind of how I've taken it. Um, and it, it was true when I was hurt too, you know, there's that 5% that are like, you'll never amount to anything, like you're a bust and all that. And then you have the 95% that are like, hey, like, you you got this like just stay with it like you got this like we're here for you um so i think the 95 percent make it a lot more worth it before we get off social media you had one of the we're most... not going to delete our twitter accounts like just get off the topic right correct before we get <laughs> off I, I, i'm building some followers I don't yeah know. yeah 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 before we get off the twitter topic you had one of the great tweets in spring training that blew up uh for people who don't remember, in spring training, everybody has new caps this year, and they were the mesh uh, top and back. Um, how shall I say it? You don't have a, a lot of protection up top. <laughs> yes. And uh, was it after the first game, maybe one of the first games, uh, you, you got a little extra sun up there, and uh, you tweeted out that uh, these new caps might need a little help. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. Like, people... People Magazine picked it up, like all this. I didn't expect it to get that big. Um, yeah, I think it was like the fourth day in the in the spring training, and I, I like took it off, and I think like Sheets or Vaughn saw it, and they're like, "Dude, like <laughs> you got to see this." And so I uh, tweeted it out, and people were creative. It was really funny. Um, you know, it's like looked like the. Uh, Great Britain flag, um, half the Great Great Britain. I looked like Aang from Avatar, you know, like all this um, stuff. So it was, it was pretty funny. And um, actually, New Era sent me like a legit one a couple of days later. So we were we were good for the rest of spring. We training. just should have done an NFT, and it would have been, you know, you could have made millions. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know? Does anybody at this table know how to make an NFT? Take a picture yeah. of something with your iPhone? I don't know. You, something with the blockchain, that's, that's the extent I know. <laughs> so that's a yes. Yeah. We definitely could create one right now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do I remember you were, you were a hockey fan growing up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, huge hockey fan. That's, I, that was my second sport. Mm -hmm. what, when did you stop? Um, I want to say it was my junior year of high school. Um, I, I, like, got tripped from behind on a, um, like, breakaway and, like slammed into the post with my knee and it kind of like jacked up my knee going into baseball season um like nothing like super severe but um it kind of got to the point like hey you gotta gotta pick um you know you can't do both and 
I remember the car ride back with my dad uh, from that game and having that conversation. He's like, I'll support you no matter what. And, um, but obviously, I think baseball is probably more uh, advantageous of you to, to choose and chose it. And here we are. Which did you, and like, be honest, Tim has said he loved basketball. Mm -hmm. Which did you enjoy more growing up? Probably hockey. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, the, the places we got to travel um, was, it was incredible. I mean, we went to Toronto, we went to London, Ontario, um, came up to Chicago a bunch, and I loved Chicago growing up. And uh, so that, that, the travel, but also like, there's nothing more like, I don't even know, transcendent than like stepping on the ice like 8 a.m. in the morning and it's just like frigid cold and it's just like you and your boys there for like a early morning skate and it's like there's something about it that's just like super special and um i always like uh, those those thoughts like creep back in of like dude like how cool was it like hopping out there and just like skating around with your buddies and um i i miss it for sure what what's the one brightest memory you have from hockey hmm. I would say probably when we played in London, um, Ontario, and we got to go to like a junior Knights or a London Knights game, which is the OHL. Um, and I want to say Patrick Kane was on that team then. It was either him or like Sagan. Um, it was like one of, one of the top guys right now. They were there. Um, they won that game. And then like we played the next morning and, and won the tournament. And so... Um, it was just kind of like a cool, neat experience. And Left-hand shot? Righty. Righty, yeah. okay. Uh -huh. So right-hand shots in hockey generally are left-handed guys, but since you're a right-handed baseball player, it makes sense mm -hmm. that you'd be a right-hand yeah. shot. Yeah. So you guys both have something in common. When we were in Detroit at the beginning of the season, Len and I went to a Red Wing game, mm -hmm. and it was like being with 10-year-old Len Casper yeah. watching the Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah, I love hockey. Yeah. I, 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 I can watch... Doesn't matter who's playing, it's an NHL game, I can watch it. But I, I was into it at an early age like you, so it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. Do you, were you a Blues fan? No, I grew up a Blackhawks fan. Interesting. Um, yeah, so people, people hated me growing up. <laughs> <laughs> why, why the Blackhawks? Um, I think it was just because I was always up here, you know. Um, it was Blackhawks and the White Sox were like my two, two teams, um, and we were always up here, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, so, yeah, that's... I would say, like, Hosa was probably my favorite player growing up, and so um, it was tough not to, uh, not to root for the Blackhawks. Yeah. What was on the walls in Jake Berger's room growing up? Ooh. So I had a, a world map, I remember specifically. Um, had, like, all of my six-year-old trophies hanging above, a couple medals and stuff. Um, and then I had a Taze jersey hanging up and just like my like i had this like bulletin board with like all these like newspaper clips and stuff um like one was actually really cool it was like a, a side picture of albert pujols like coming through the zone and like I, I my mom took a picture like at the same time basically of the swing and like they put it like side by side and like i i don't know if it looked that close but like you know it's close enough to be like look like i could do this too <laughs> so yeah that was on the bulletin board but isn't it crazy like you are that person now mm -hmm. yeah. how does that hit you 
yeah, it still seems surreal. Yeah, I, like I said, like I just take it as a blessing. You know, it's like I'm confident in myself, but um, you know, I'm I'm blessed to be playing this game, especially after what's happened to me. So, um, any way I can interact with fans and stuff, it's it's awesome. What was 2020 like for you? You had a unique summer. Crazy summer. <laughs> um, crazy year. Um, so. I'm in minor league camp um, with the Winston-Salem group. Um, and I remember like me and Romy like getting really close during that time. Um, and then they bring us into a meeting um, and spring training's canceled, um, at least for un unforeseen, you know, we don't know how long. Um, and so I stayed actually in Arizona for, I wanna say like seven days, um, rehabbing and doing stuff in the facility still and then I'm like, okay, this like doesn't seem like it's gonna end that soon. So I, I wanna get back to St. Louis and stay there. Um, and I'll never forget like that flight home. It was like, there was like five people on the flight. It was like me and four other people. It was like the airport was desolate. It, like I'll never forget that trip home. Um, and then got home, um, got some mom and dad cooking, um, felt really good. And then um, I wanna say around May, um, me and a, a buddy that uh, was playing indie ball at the time started hitting and doing some stuff um, at a facility, just us two. And then kind of got that like spark back. And that's when I started like, okay, like I'm gonna swim every day. I'm gonna bike every day. I'm gonna walk every day and then play tennis every day and um, see, see what happens. Um, and then got to uh, July um, and I, I called Chris Gatz and I'm like, hey, like, there's this league going on, um, it's a collegiate league, but they're letting pro guys play in it. Um, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, like come up to Schaumburg, we'll work you out for a day or two, see how you are, and then uh, you can play in it. And went up there, worked out, they gave me the okay. Played in that league, which was sweet, because it was like Mike Matheny, Tate, Tate's son, or Mike's son, Tate, um, I played with him at Missouri State, he was with the Red Sox. Um, he was, he was on our team. Uh, our head coach was one of our buddies that we played with at Missouri State, and then our assistant was my dad. Um, and so first time uh, we had been together um, in a really long time uh, on, the, on the same field. So that was really cool. And then um, at the end of that, I actually te texted Chris Getz, and I'm like, hey, I can be in Schaumburg by tonight at, at 9, 9 p.m. That was after the last game. And he's like, we're working on it. Like, you'll be up here probably on Monday. And, uh, Got up there Monday, was there for uh, a month and a half or so, um, somewhere in there at the alternate site, and then uh, went to Instructs for three and a half weeks. So, I mean, overall, I think I got probably, uh, the, like, probably the most at-bats out of anybody um, during that year, you know? So, um, it was really, really cool. Yeah, because how many minor league games have you played in your life? A hundred? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> up to that point, I think it was, around 60 i yeah. played like the second half of the canapolis season um and that was it like that, that's all i had played i went to instructs um and then four spring training games um before i got hurt and then that was like the only baseball i'd played so yeah uh, well the thing i heard about in 2020 just among all the concerns was minor league development and a guy like you i mean you have to get at bats, it cannot be a lost season for you, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. you you were creative. Yeah, have to be creative. <laughs> People say all the time when they go back to their college, everybody looks a lot younger. Mm -hmm. What was it like at your age playing in a collegiate league? 
it was crazy. <laughs> uh, like I felt like a dad, you know. Um, it was, you know, you, you're still dealing with like the the college freshman that's like starry eyed, like not sure, like you know, it's just like the nuances of the game and stuff. Um, but it was it was funny and it was cool and um, you know there were there were a couple games that gets like super competitive and stuff and uh, me and Tate kind of being the ringleaders of the uh, you know whether whether something's uh, on script with baseball or um, you know doing something against the game a little bit and uh, the sheriff yeah the sheriff you know I mean can't be stealing a bag like when when we're up eight you know like that's just not that's not gonna happen this from the guy who had a tally of the table tennis oh, yeah. in his own house. Oh, yeah. But you can't be stealing up eight. <laughs> yeah. That would be wrong. I mean, especially in this league, because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? And by the end of it, it was funny, like, because it, it was a, a decent park to hit in. Um, we lost so many baseballs that we had to start using, like, freshman league high school baseballs. Come on. Dude, I was hitting balls, like, that should be way gone. And I'm like, dude, these aren't going anywhere. And then, like, I've, like, asked Alpha to throw me the ball, and it's like the seams are, like, this big. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> but it was fun. I loved it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You, I, I will venture to say you will never have an experience like that ever again. Never again. No. And it was, like, the only baseball that was really on. And so, like, we were selling out games. Like, there were, like, 3,000 fans there. Like, it was fun. I will say, for people who are just listening, every time you mention your family, you light up. Mm-hmm. Like, your face lights up when you mention your family. Why, why are you all so close? What, what made that bond? Um, I would say the, the competitive side of us. Um, you know, when you're competing against each other constantly, you, you grow that close bond. But also, um, I, I think it's just like the support all of us show each other, you know. Um, it's, it's been super special. and. Um, my mom with my sister put hours and hours on the tennis court um, and same with me and my dad in the cage, you know. And so I think especially at this age now, you, you kind of take a step back and realize like how much they actually did for you, you know, whether it's the, the cost of hockey equipment and, um, you know, going up to Toronto on trips and stuff or, you know, putting together all these tournaments that we play over the summer in baseball, um, you know, you're really thankful for them. And so... I think that that 2020 year was was big for us um, because it was all four of us under the same roof, which hadn't happened for five years. Um, and you know we're playing cribbage after after dinner or, or euchre stuff like that. So you know we're always competing. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Um, you know it's it, it creates that bond. And also, I mean, for us, like no phones at the dinner table, so we're always having that communication of like. Hey mom, like how was school today? Um, you know, tell us some funny stories about some of our students or um, like with my dad and insurance, you know, you're, you're asking him. And so you're constantly connecting with um, each other instead of like, you know, I'll just look at my phone, Instagram, eat and go do whatever. And we, we made it a point after dinner to like, we're gonna play a card game. It can be any card game, but like, we're gonna sit here and play for 30, 30 minutes to an hour and just like, connect again and then you can go play video games or do whatever you want but um we're gonna have that family time well i love euchre i'm a big euchre player it's kind of a regional game uh midwest yeah, for midwest. sure uh-huh. heavy uh pinochle no we oh, didn't pinochle? no we didn't you've heard of it yeah though. uh-huh oh yeah uh, hearts yeah hearts. app on my ipad okay and like everything is in 15s 
when I'm on an airplane. I just, I see 15. You just see it. I do. I'm like that Haley Joel Osment of cribbage. I see dead people. I will say playing cards was a big part of my family <clears throat> growing up with my grandparents. And there is a bonding nature to the idea of, especially now, as you said, with no phones at the table. Um, it can be jocular. It can be fun. You know, and, and uh, I, I, I do think card playing is a big part of, of family life for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I I think that like when I have my own family, like that's what we're gonna do, and I think it creates a, a nice bond. All right, your your big league debut. So I'm sure one goal was I got I got to get to the big leagues. And now we'll we'll get to your goals now that you're here. <clears throat> but what was it like for your family and just the emotions of that day? Yeah, I I think my dad was probably the uh, happiest human in the world, uh, and probably <laughs> the most upset because. I can just pull that, hey, like, I made it to the big leagues, you didn't card. Um, but, you know, um, no, he was super, super excited. And, um, you know, I talk about all the hours we put in the cage. I mean, we were, we were getting to games before everybody else, hitting in the cage and staying after and hitting in the cage. Um, and so, you know, seeing, seeing the work that he put in with me, um, you know, translate to, to that, um, I think that was really special for him. Um, and then, obviously, my, my mom and sister um, always at all of our tournaments and stuff and, you know, constantly uh, setting up the hotel and stuff for us. So, um, you know, it was, it was super special, and I'm, I'm glad they got to go up to Detroit um, for that. And then they were down here for the uh, first home run, too, against the Astros. So, um, you know, they got to see both sides of it. Yeah, so the goal is to get here, and it's kind of a singular focus. And then you get here and you go, I really like this. I want to stay here. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think everybody in the game deals with that. So then after last year, talk about your mindset and how that maybe changed. Yeah. Um, I, like you said, like your, your first focus is just trying to get there. Um, and now it's just I'm going to do everything I possibly can um, to stay here, you know, um, whether that's how I take care of myself with, with my recovery or my activation before games or how I take care of myself off the field um, and, and just having that, that focus of that day in and day out, like I need to be the best possible version of myself every single day. Um, and that's kind of how I've taken it. And um, I would say like, you know, my, my body feels better with all the stuff that I'm putting into it. Um, you know, both diet activation and recovery. Um, and I, I'm making an emphasis. Like my, my parents are here, um, the last homestand, um, and they were um, they were waiting for me for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, guys, like this is this is what it's gonna take. Like I need to be able to be my best version, and that's doing contrast in the tubs and and doing different types of recovery stuff that I I can make sure my legs are ready to go tomorrow. Yeah, that's great. I was gonna follow up with almost exactly what you said. When you're in the middle of it. And you're trying to be a great friend, a great family member, great son, a great sibling, all those things. We're joking about the texting, but... I'm serious about it. it. It's hard to do all those things when your sole focus is to stay here and to be the best version of yourself. And I think um, when players get tunnel vision, you know, Jason and I talk about it, you never take that personally because, you know, you feel like your life's on the line every day, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I mean, that's, that's how I'm taking it. And, like, I'm... Like I always say, like I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and like I want to keep remaining here because of how big of a blessing it is. Um, and you know, it, 
that all you can do is is take care of yourself and control what you can control. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't control in the sport, um, and you know, as long as I can take care of the stuff that I know I can do, you know, I'm I'm going to be better for it. And I think my family and friends understand that. Activation before a game. You made yourself sound like a sci-fi laser. Uh, how do you activate? Um, it's a lot of like stretching stuff, um, and then also um, I've been finding out that that my legs almost feel better when I do certain types of plyometrics and stuff uh, before the game. Um, and so I've been really focusing on that. Um, you know, when you're playing third base, you know, you got to be able to get get off to a really good first step. So um, that's kind of where I've put a lot of emphasis on the activation is, is making sure my legs are ready to go for defense. Um, and then obviously some rotation type stuff, uh, making sure I'm not feeling anything in the oblique or anything like that, you know, constantly like activating there. Um, and I kind of have this routine set where um, I'm going hot tub like an hour before the game, get out, get changed, go into the cage, hit off Frank for a little bit, um, come back in, do some stretching, and then get ready to play a game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Frank Minichino, the uh, White Sox hitting coach. Yep. Give us your impression. If you had to give us your best impression of Frank Minichino. <laughs> Tone, language, yeah, uh, keep, it keep it clean. Um, <laughs> we can bleep it. Yeah, we can bleep it, sure. What would be something Frank would say to you in a, in a maybe not a heated moment, but. Damn it, bug. Stay inside the baseball. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to say there was a word. There was a that was me bleeping it out. <laughs> we got a piece of it. Uh, so now that we're doing impressions, I do want to know, and I've been thinking about this as we've been sitting here talking, who do people say you look like? Ooh, I don't know. Do you get anybody? Not really. No, I, I, sometimes I'll get, like when I had my hair, it was like Chris Pratt back in the day. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really get too many uh, comps anymore. All right. Yeah, I, I will say... The one thing that's always not not irked me, I kind of I kind of enjoy it because this is kind of my energy. But my draft day, my comp was Hunter Pence because he looks unorthodox but athletic, and that's like the reason they gave. Which like it doesn't irk me because like it's a perennial All Star, sure. you know, and he's got that quirky, different, you know, type thing. But yeah. But you have to grow into appreciating unorthodox, yeah. I would have to assume. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, I take that full stride. <laughs> Your throw from third, people might say, is unorthodox. unorthodox. Yeah. Uh -huh. Would you say it's unorthodox? You know, I don't, I don't watch film on it, per se. Um, but, you know, I get it over there. <laughs> and it's pretty accurate, strong throw, you know. But if people, like, in the minors, and I know you haven't had this extensive minor league experience, but I feel like part of the job of a minor league coach is to show up with four other minor league coaches and mess with people. Yeah. Uh -huh. What did people mess with with you, whether it's college, high school? Like, I'm not saying anybody is doing it maliciously, mm -hmm. but I've had a lot of guys in the minors come up to me and say, 
I have so many people telling me so many things right now. What did people pick out with you that, that they tried to tinker with? Um, I would just say, so I kind of changed my swing personally um, in 2020 because um, I always had kind of like a rock with a step back on my back leg um, before I went forward. And I, I took that out. So um, I think people either really liked that or really didn't because there are some people that are like, hey, you should like think about going back to that. And then there's some people that are like, no, like don't even think about that. So I, that's probably the, the, the weirdest thing that I w was doing, um, you know, but uh, I didn't really, I'm pretty like confident in kind of where I'm at. Um, and I know how much work I've put in um, and the hours I've put in growing up. So, um, you know, might look funny at times, but um, you know, I, it works for me. There's a proper combination of stubbornness and coachability, right? Mm -hmm. That's what every baseball player, you've got to thread the needle. Yep. And it's not easy at times because the stubbornness uh, sometimes can be too stubborn yep. and the coachability can be to the degree where you're hearing eight different things like mm -hmm. Jason said, and you try to heed all that advice and then you look at your swing and you go, what, what in where, the world where did I, I just do? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I, that's, that's definitely a really good point um, because my, my dad and I actually, I mean, he was my hitting coach really growing up. Um, and we, we talk about that and it's kind of being able to try different things because it doesn't, nothing hurts to try, right? Um, you just have to be strong in who you are and not shy away from telling them, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to try whatever you're talking about, but if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel comfortable, you know, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm not going to work on that anymore. Um, and so that's kind of where that, that coachability can come in um, and not being too stubborn um, and not saying, hey, I'm done. I'm done with you. Like, that's that's a little too harsh, but saying it in a nice, nice, nicer way. And um, I, I mean, I've definitely tried some stuff that I like, too, um, and, and have added it to my routine. I only have one more for you. Uh, if uh, we were to make a Jake burger, <laughs> what would be on it? Oh, what, the actual Jake what, Yeah, what would the Jake Burger look and taste like? So the there was a place in Springfield, Missouri, um, when I was at Missouri State that made a Jake Burger, and it was a, a mac and cheese burger. So Ooh. it was uh, just a regular patty with, like, a big scoop of uh, mac and cheese on top of it. So that's probably Did they consult you? Like, uh, did they say, what would you like on no, your so Jake Burger? No, so it was a place that had like 50 burgers um, and they're like, okay, which one's your favorite? And I'm like, oh, probably the mac and cheese. And then they made it the Jake quotation mac and cheese burger. Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh yeah, I love that show. You know the show with the Larry David sandwich? Have you seen that no, episode? I haven't seen that episode. So there's an episode where this guy at a deli names a sandwich after Larry. Yeah. But it's got a bunch of stuff on it that Larry hates. <laughs> So he spends the entire episode trying to trade with Ted Danson and Richard Lewis. So I was picturing you getting a burger with stuff you don't you like on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I, I only have one more for you as well, and then we'll let you go. But we would be remiss, I think, with how much you've talked about your dad and how much he's coached you. I want to know where his competitiveness came from and what he was like when he was younger. So um, he grew up on a farm in southern Indiana. Um, Turkey How farm, southern? How southern? like close to Evansville. Okay. Um, so, so down a ways. Uh, and it, he was a, a household of five. Um, 
and they, they worked on a turkey farm. And um, I'll never forget, and this is a complete BS made up story, um, but he always tells me it. He's like, every single Friday they'd have fried chicken. And there were, there were seven pieces of fried chicken for the family, and there are seven people in the family. And one day there was actually eight. And he came back home late. They left the one for him, and then the extra one's there. And so once he grabs that one, he, <laughs> this, there's a lightning storm going on in the area, and a lightning bolt hits, and the lights cut out. And you hear a ton of forks and stuff like, lights come back on. His hand is on the last piece of chicken, the, the extra piece of chicken, and there's six other forks sticking in his hand. <laughs> and he'll show me, he's like, you see these scars? Those are the forks. So that's where the competitive nature comes in. And, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, he grew up on the farm um, and you know, that's, that's a hard, hard working job. Um, you know, you're w waking up at 5.30 and um, you know, taking care of that, then going to school, then playing baseball, coming back, making sure the turkeys are okay. So um, that's where I came from. And then he, he went to uh, Evansville, um, Univers University of Evansville to play baseball. Um, and him and then my uncle, who's uh, his younger brother, both played there. And, um, you know, he, he tells all these stories about his day there. And um, as you can tell, he uh, likes to make up some stories. But Well, here's what I would say about that, though. Even if that story isn't true, to want to make up that story <laughs> means you're the most competitive person that's, you can imagine. You. You're gonna have to, if you see him around the ballpark, you're gonna have to ask him for the uh, the scars. On I gotta phone. see it. You come full circle. The Jake Burger is the mac and cheese on a turkey burger. Yes. Oh, there we go. That's it. I love that. See that? Look at that. Look what we did. There we go. <laughs> uh, seriously, how many? Before we let, we might as well ask. How sick do you get of the burger stuff? Or do you like it? Like, where are you in life on that right now? <laughs> I've kind of, like, taken it as, like, eh, you know, it's, it is what it is, and it'll always be that way. Uh, embrace it. Yeah, you have to, you have to embrace it, because I think I, I shied away from it for a little bit, and I'm Did like, you? eh, you it's okay. You were sick of it. Yeah, for a little bit. It's like, oh, my God, like, another meme. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Um, hey, I, I've done the double I, burger with cheese, you know, your fastball, and you Put it in the yeah, the, right. yeah. You got to do, do it. Haven't you done it, Jason? Well, Joe Adele, as we're taping this, yesterday had grounded out three times, and I said, Steve, you could say he was rolling in the deep in his first Adele. three at bats. Yeah, that's so like, creative. Yeah, but it's, it? did he know the song? He, he said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a proper response yeah. to that. <laughs> we're not immune to having a little fun with a name. Yeah, my name rhymes with spaghetti. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, it's fine. It happens. So you want more spaghetti memes? Yeah, no. <laughs> I got Hey Lenny. Check that. I got Hey Lenny. We're Squiggy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Old reference. Old reference. Yeah. Old timey. Yeah. Jake, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks, yeah, it's fun.